0: Welcome to Discograffiti, the podcast that gives Gen X music maniacs a chance to smell like teen spirit again by connecting with a brotherhood obsessed with rating the entire discography of every single artist and band that ever mattered. I'm your host, Dave Gebro, and with three new episodes each week, you're going to gain a comprehensive knowledge of an act's history and output in the time it takes to listen to one album. In this episode, we'll be turning our spray cans on the needle drops Anthony Fantano pfft, along with co-host Joe Kennedy this interview's one for all you super duper busy motherfuckers because this week's a shorty and so without further ado away we go then with Anthony Fantano origin story I'm curious. Uh, we're here with uh, with Anthony Fentano from The Needle Drop, which is uh, taking the 21st century by storm, music review-wise. So, what is? I know Jello Biafra was a was a huge influence on you, right? Yeah. So, was it one of the Dead Kennedys records that set you off on your lifelong adventure? Or what was
1: um, yeah, I mean, you know, really just like a friend of mine in high school turning me on to punk punk music, and and they were one of the bands that you know was uh, that I was kind of introduced to, and um yeah, I mean, you know, Dead Kennedys for me was uh, really an aha moment in terms of a lot of things, like the songwriting, the political topics in the songs, how reverent they were with a lot of the topics they approached. Jellyby offers weird ass fucking vibrato, and um, really like the which you didn't hear on a lot of punk records, especially hardcore records at the time, like the incredible musicianship. Right. of everybody in the band like East Bay Ray, amazing surf guitar player, Klaus Fluoride could walk a bass like any jazz rock player and um you know, obviously like incredible drumming as well. As a musician yourself, this is the well that you're you're mainly uh, pulling from? Um, no, I, I mean, I would say no, probably not. But I, I would say like at a certain point in time, yes. Like I was, uh, when I was a teen, I was like learning a lot of my first bass lines by ear from just like replaying songs off of plastic surgery disasters over and over and, mm-hmm. um, you know, fresh fruit. Uh, so yeah, I mean, at, at a certain point in time, um, I did learn like quite a few of those bass lines completely just on my own, uh, knowing very little about any kind of like music theory or what chord anything was in. I was just kind of doing it all by ear. You know, when we, when we do this show, um, you know, we, we're listening to all this stuff chronologically in a row and it's, it's so much listening. I'm sure that's, I'm sure you're familiar with this experience. I'm sure you have so much music to listen to all the time for your show. What are some records you go to a lot like that, like your, aren't your like for work records, What are the like, kind of like some of your standbys, like when, what, what kind of, what kind of stuff are you usually listening to? I'm I'm sure it's an eclectic mix but what are a few I'm trying to think of like what, what was the last album album i listened to like all the way through just for pleasure <laughs> you know, thankfully i do just run across a lot of things that i'm reviewing that i'm just like listening to for pleasure after i'm done with the review i've been listening to a lot of tracks off the new Orble peck record mm-hmm. like that i
0: hear that's amazing actually
1: yeah i mean there there's some good highlights on it it's very very interesting it's a you know I, I would actually say the sound of it is maybe one of the least interesting things about it. Oh, I would contend oh, okay. with that because like okay. it's 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 a very glammy, reverb-heavy, showy kind of country record, and and I prefer country to have a bit more twang to it and grit. Um, but but the thing is, the vocal performances and some of the songs are so good. Um, I I would say like in terms of a record that I was listening to, just casually. Um, probably the postal services get up give up hmm. i was listening to that casually what's the greatest, <laughs> the greatest box set ever released yeah. the greatest box set jesus christ um you know I, I do really like the i do have the vinyl box set of the uh final lcd sound system concert i, I do like oh, that oh that's one a lot. cool how many
0: cds is it's that one? it's
1: uh, uh i think it's like five vinyl records oh, oh. uh all um i like that one a lot i think that's a great uh recording and performance
0: so beyond beyond music What's your relationship like? I mean, you've been doing the show for a long time. Uh, How many years has it been? Um, The the YouTube show has been around since like 2009.
1: Before that, The Needle Drop started as a podcast and continued till about 2012. Um, and it was it was a show that aired on NPR stations as well. But then, you know, the YouTube channel just kind of demanded more and more of my attention. So I just began to focus on that, you know, from 2013
0: on. Was it a slow burn or all of a sudden, like, boom, I mean, you shot out of a cannon. What was the... SM I mean, like? I, I would say I kind of toiled for a few years, just like doing the
1: podcast and blogging and not really knowing, like... Uh, how like it, not only was i not seeing the growth and the engagement that i wanted but like i was thinking like even if i did get that how the heck would i even monetize this as,
0: as a kid are you are you just ingesting all the music criticism you can or does that not even hold oh potential? hell no 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 are okay. you me? no absolutely not like okay. as a
1: kid uh i i was a 90s kid that got most of my music from the radio and mtv and you know uh in in so many ways my musical world opened when i got my first you know little sony boombox and nice. you know was able to play tapes in it and also just record tapes off the radio of songs that i thought were really good
0: i'm picturing radio Rahim from do the right thing right <laughs> it's that's probably yeah, not the like, right like, image. Like, a, like a way less
1: cool version <laughs> of that on, on like a cul-de-sac uh, in, a heavy in set in kid connecticut, on a cul-de-sac right in connecticut yes yeah, a heavy yeah. set kid on a cul-de-sac in connecticut <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> and we all got to start just... somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah, it was like listening to just a lot of the stuff that was popular at the time, just like Rage Against the Machine, Green Day, TLC, Boys, Two Men, uh, The Offspring, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I had some hip hop tapes as well. I just kind of like, it it was just like a mix of everything that I was hearing on the radio. What was the record that like kind of turned the key for you? Not that all that isn't good music, but kind of more sophisticated. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll say like when I, that was kind of like my taste when I was a kid, just whatever was kind of coming to me through MTV and the radio. And, um, you know, when I got older and, you know, I kind of graduated into high school, I sort of, you know, I, 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 I fell in with, the metal crowd at, at school. <laughs> Me too. And, the, sure. and then I was just like kind of listening to whatever they listened to, you know, which like at the time was like industrial metal. Yeah, It's a weird metal, weird and... in between phase for metal. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. And, and then, you know, I, I sort of got introduced to punk music from there and then from punk kind of went backwards and thought like, Oh, this is like a super underground version of this genre of music that I like. And maybe that's the case for other, you know, uh, genres of music. So of course, like then I'm kind of going back and I'm like, you know, reworking or just like uh, kind of dialing back uh, into all of these Hip hop groups from the 80s and uh, you know uh, different artists and you know electronic music as well that are sort of just like more obscure and just being willing to listen to anything that I could buy with money from my part time job that I was working at the time. Was it not uh, uh, at a pizza place? Yeah, that was at a pizza place, and this was also before what many people would call in the 2000s uh, the the vinyl boom. Right. Um, so it's like records were dirt fucking cheap. Yeah. Um, you know, I, at the time. Before I graduated high school, I could buy a new vinyl of a new album for cheaper than I could buy a CD. Uh, so and I was like buying new records. Old I was stuff buying. You can get you know, for nothing. You get like yes, not, not yes, yes exactly. Writing. I was buying like I was buying you know obviously not mint condition but playable with no scratches uh, copies of Prince records for like two bucks. Mm-hmm. Man, if you I know, seriously,
0: if I could do the time machine thing, that'd be the first thing I do is just go record shop. Yeah, go back there. <laughs> like I, I, I think I got like I got as a as as a, as a high
1: schooler a copy of uh the white album no scratches with all the color photos of each member of the band totally intact for 10. Yeah, like you know you're just like paying absolutely nothing for great records and like you know i was making uh, under the table like 10 12 dollars an hour at my pizza job you know, just like flipping pies and just like, you know, just work in the oven. So it's like I could go on the weekend and just buy whatever. I could buy Cramps records. Yeah, yeah. I could buy, you know, Black Flag records. I could just buy whatever the hell I wanted. Records stayed cheap until like, I don't know, more like the, the teens or something. Cause I remember being out on tour a lot and just that was, that's like my hobby on tour. Just like coming home with like, ba- you know, bags and bags of records. Yeah, by
0: the way, Joe has uh, has a tremendous amount of experience as a work, working musician. He's been on, I believe, at latest count, every single late night talk show. Yeah, Which yeah, done some cool. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> he can't toot his own horn. I'm <laughs> not, not, not a good horn toot. <laughs> right. it's, it's a, it's a flex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> no, So, at what point? Yeah, I'm curious. You know, you're 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 mounting your show. At what point in the process do you realize, like, holy shit, I could be doing just this, and and that's it. Like was there was the, Yeah, I mean, was there a moment where you're like, this is coming into sharp focus, and it's all all the everything is falling into place? Was there that aha moment for you? Uh, I, I would say my first aha,
1: I guess there were a couple early on aha moments. Like obviously the transition to YouTube initially, because I was just like this blogging and podcasting thing isn't working. Let me just try talking about records on YouTube just to see like, if it does something. Um, and I guess my first aha moment with that was like, when maybe I had netted my first thousand subscribers, Uh maybe not even that, that um, maybe a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. at the time
0: like not only because like are you aggressive you know, are you aggressively courting these people
1: I, I I was uploading maybe like once every week or two weeks at the time okay and um you know and and I, and I and I was doing record reviews but I didn't I was kind of a mix of things I didn't really know what direction to go in because at the time like there weren't a whole ton of you know there weren't other people reviewing records on YouTube outside of a couple that were also really obscure too there wasn't some huge music review channel that i looked up to that i copied you know what i mean um and i like the way
0: you use you know the facility with which you use your your body and body language to describe really how you're feeling about something It, it does make use of the medium yeah, no, it it gets the point across, it does. you know. But
1: yeah, I mean, I would say like my first aha moment was netting the first thousand over the course of a year, and you know, again, that was like way more engagement than I was getting on my other stuff. So I was like, this is going somewhere. Let me keep following it. And then I then I would say like my next aha moment past that was when I was actually making enough money off of YouTube to move out of my mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> so like that was that was like uh, twenty twelve or twenty eleven, like late twenty eleven or so, so. This
0: is how 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 much length of time goes goes by between the first and the second aha uh, moment. Hey, lads and ladies, Dave Gebro here. I abandoned my career and moved my family 3,000 miles to be able to focus exclusively on discograffiti. And so if you're like me and enough is just never enough, then please visit patreon.com slash discograffiti and become one of our Patreon soldiers of sound. Discograffiti is an entirely listener supported show, and it's also intended to be a three times a week music deep dive experience. So do us both a favor and consider giving it a shot. Trust me, I'm working hard for the money, so hard for it, honey. There's the main show on Friday, a Monday wildcard episode, which is either a soul bearing interview with that week's special guest, or an offshoot show like Queasy Listening and Rock Cousteau. And then on Wednesdays, there's the humdinger of them all discography Graffitis, the private press with paul major you got nothing to lose if you don't dig it after a month you're refunded no questions asked once again that's patreon.com discograffiti when i got a thousand
1: subscribers uh that was 2010 that was the start of 2010 and okay. then maybe by the end of 2011 start of 2012 i was like you know moving out it's great.
0: It, it must have been an amazing feeling for you to, you know, do that thing where you make something out of nothing and uh you know uh, almost wonder how you even got there but it's a it's a wonderful thing you did thanks is there anything beyond uh your incredible show the needle drop that you want to promote just uh, the needle drop and fantano on youtube and uh you know the needle drop
1: on twitch as well if you're uh, into live streams
0: oh cool i didn't know cool. you did that i gotta check that out yeah yeah
1: yeah Every every friday we do a new music friday stream where we just like play whatever's out just out oh nice that's a that's a good idea for a show
0: all yeah. of uh, all of anthony's uh shows topics everything uh you know are, are must-see viewing uh, if you need to keep up with what, with what's going on and of course you do because here you are thank you so much for joining us on one of the most venerated amazing bands that ever was join us next week when it'll invariably be an incredible episode no matter how great or awful the band is it'll be so entertaining so you want to definitely make sure you're following us subscribing follow us on youtube twitter facebook we're interested uh in world domination just like madonna circa 1981 or so you know we'll see you next time uh on Disco Happy- graffiti in the meantime stay cool and keep pouring liquid gold into those ear holes that was a good time thank you guys for having me on all right, that about does it. A heartfelt Discograffiti thanks goes out to our graphic designer, Todd Zimmer, my beautiful wife and son, and Mason, Anthony Fantano, the Honorable Joe Kennedy, my loyal fans, and especially the entire Patreon community. I love you, and this show would not exist without you, my friends. Speaking of friends, it's high time for some new ones. They're in our Facebook group, Discograffiti Soldiers of Sound. That's the best way to find out what's coming up on the show, but there's a hell of a lot more. You get recaps of the day in music history, the ability to pitch questions to guests, polls that put you in the driver's seat on guest and band decisions, access to a thriving creative hub if you're looking for a collaborator, and much more. So make sure you don't miss out. You can find the link to the Discograffiti Soldiers of Sound Facebook page right there in the show notes. And if you don't mess with the Zuck, I get it. You can email me at info at discograffiti.com and I'll keep you in the loop. But wait just a minute. This is just the entrance to the rabbit hole. Join us as we descend down, down, down on Discograffiti's triple episode, Everything Must Go Triple Podcast Deep Dive. Of course, if you're a Patreon subscriber, then you already know to keep your ears peeled throughout the week, because this Monday brings the Patreon-only wildcard episode, Alan Arkish's Fillmore Feast Part 2, a blow-by-blow account of what a typical night at the Fillmore felt, smelled, and sounded like from the vantage point of a man who experienced it all from almost every conceivable perspective. Usher, light show, pastrami guy, not to mention Wednesday Today's incredible Patreon-only episode of Discograffiti's The Private Press, the exciting conclusion of Paul Major's top 10 private press albums of all time. This will be the final episode of The Private Press, as Paul launches off into his endless boogie European tour, and we fill those unfillable shoes with our killer new Patreon series, Discograffiti's The Top 10. Thankfully, the Paul Major Archives' dozens and dozens of incredible podcasts about the private press world will live on forever on our Patreon, forever accessible from the major tier. Godspeed, and we love you, Paul. Make sure you visit patreon.com slash discograffiti and check out The Deep Dive as a music obsessive's way of life. Every week is a new thematically linked triple episode Deep Dive trawl. You're going to love it. And of course... Be sure to mark your calendars, because next Friday, August 4th, we're coming at you with an insane two-parter about the greatest drummer who ever lived who just happened to kill his mother, and his name is Jim Gordon. Our guest, the venerable rock scribe Joel Selvin, author of the forthcoming bio, Drums and Demons, The Tragic Journey of Jim Gordon, to be published in February by Diversion Books. And so, from now until then... Don't let our youth go to waste, lads and ladies. It's this god graffiti!